Vernon, Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. When you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. Get your heating or cooling system tuned by a Vernon specialist today for only $69. Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings, or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. Vernonheating.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Prog Watch. Music that tells a story with your friend and host, Big Tony Rousick, a.k.a. Prog Squatch. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Welcome back to Prague Watch, my friends. Big Tony, your host here for your 90-minute installment of Sublime Musical Bliss. Our opener this week was The Galaxy Collectors by Eric Norlander. It comes from his 2016 solo album entitled Surreal, and I'm excited to say that Eric Norlander is my special guest this week. For those of you who have been listening to this show for a while, and maybe following my exploits on Progzilla Radio's 101 Dimensions program, well, you know that I rather like Eric Norlander. I play his solo material, his stuff with the rocket scientists, and even some of his work with his wife, Lana Lane, quite frequently. In fact, Eric has been a guest on this program two previous times for episodes 314 and 331. He's a great guy, so I was excited when I heard that he and John Payne had finished a new album under the name Dukes of the Orient. I figured it would be a good excuse to have Eric on the program again, so that's what we did. First, a little background. For those of you who may not be familiar with Eric's partner in the Dukes of the Orient, John Payne is a singer and bass guitarist who worked with Roger Daltrey and other notable acts before joining Jeff Downs in Asia in 1992. He was the singer and bassist in Asia for roughly 15 years and made eight studio albums and several live albums with the band. After 2007, he continued to tour as Asia featuring John Payne for a number of years. Along the way, he began a project with Eric Norlander, which would eventually become the Dukes of the Orient, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Eric himself will fill you in on all of the details a little later. But for now, without further ado, let's check out a track from that new album called Dukes of the Orient by the Eric Norlander and John Payne project of the same name. This is Strange Days. Strange 
Strange Days by the Dukes of the Orient from their brand new album of the same name. Now let's listen to some of my chat with Eric Norlander. So anyway, I guess we'll we'll get on to some stuff here, huh? Sure. Yeah, I hear we did a we did a record. Yeah, you did. You want want to save that? I was going to check in on some of your other things here as a, you know before we get into that. We'll definitely get into it. Is that all right? You you drive. You tell me where you want to go. All right. So, uh, yeah, I saw you were at Nam. I was. Yeah. Um, I I actually um, made a software synthesizer um, with an Italian company called IK Multimedia, and it's uh, a synth called Syntronic, and um, it is a seventy gigabyte sample library uh, combined with modeling technology that um, includes 38 of my own um, classic synthesizers that I've sampled and modeled over the last maybe 20 or 25 years. And I've actually made um, samples of them because, you know, when I tour, um, sometimes I can't take a big rig, but almost every time I'm scared to take you know, a lot of my vintage stuff just because it's so fragile. And, you know, I've seen, you know, my mini Moog in the flight case coming down the, the belt at the <laughs> airport and, uh, Oh man, it just makes me nervous. So, um, obviously I, you know, I still have to use, you know, a couple of analog synths, um, when I play live, but, um, you know, for the rest of them, I've, I've been able to sample them um, and, and model them even in a, in a very specific way um, where I can, I can get the sounds I need live um, from a digital instrument playing back samples of, you know, the actual um, instruments that I used on the records and, and all of that. So, yeah, this instrument is called Syntronic, and uh, I'm really, really proud of it. It's, um, it's doing really well for the company, and it's a great way to get... Uh, yeah, about a quarter million dollars worth of synthesizer sounds um, <laughs> in, cool. your, in your hands without uh, without spending a quarter million dollars. So there you go. Yeah, great. That's that's cool. Yeah. At uh, the show, I saw you know a lot of friends. Like that's that's kind of the nexus for musicians. I, right. I saw my friend Buck Dharma from Blue Oyster Cult. Awesome. Hadn't seen him in, in a couple of years. Um, he of course played on my Music Machine album about. 15 years ago now, I guess. Yeah. Wow. So he, you know, it's always great to see him and, and Richie Castellano is, um, you know, second guitar player, keyboard player in the band. And, um, you know, Buck was saying, Oh, you know, you know, next time, you know, we come to town, you know, you got, you got to come jam with us. It's like, really, I, you know, how much, how much money do I have to pay to make that happen? <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. I would, I would do that. So, um, We'll see what happens. That would be fun. It's it's always great playing with him, though. He's he's super musical and and um, he's really good at listening, which is uh, that's that's just as important as playing in in my book. Sure. So, um, I saw, of course, who else? Uh, gosh, uh, Jordan Rudess. Um, I talked to him last year. I actually got to talk to a lot of cool people last year. Jordan's great. I've, yeah. I've known him for a long time and. Uh, he was there with his with his tech Keith Wexler, and Keith used to be um, the front of house guy for Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Oh, cool! And when I when I did programming for Keith Emerson back in the gosh, what was it, early '90s, I guess? Um, I met I met Keith Wexler back then, 
And um, I, I keep running into him. In fact, when I saw the last uh, UK concert in San Francisco um, a few years ago, um, Keith was there. Keith Wexler was there doing sound for UK too. So he's uh, he's making his way through all the you know the great prog keyboard players. So yeah. Keith Emerson, Eddie Jobson, Jordan Rudess. Um, so that was great. Uh, talked to Billy Sherwood for a little bit. It's always good to see him. Um, Put in a word for me, huh? I've been trying to get Billy. I, I, I've been trying to get him on the show, you know, and because uh, I, I actually had Jeff Downs on the show last year. I was pretty excited about that. John yeah. Lodge too. I was really excited about that. You know, that's that's like rock royalty there to me. I met uh, I met John Lodge. Um, uh, what was it? 2013, I guess, when um, Asia featuring John Payne played on the Moody Blues cruise. So that was like you know, cruise to the edge mm-hmm. or monsters rock cruise or this you know it was the Moody Blues cruise. So. Yeah, I, I, I was familiar Moody with Blues that. Yeah. Yeah, so they were the headliner, and, and we played uh, a few sets, and the Zombies um, were cool. on, and they were, they were amazing. I love those uh, guys, too. Oh, man, and, and uh, um, oh, hold on one second. Uh, stop texting me. I'm doing an interview. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, Rod Argent, man, he was... Uh, Gosh, I don't know. At the time, he said he was something like 74. And, man, he looked great, played great, sang great. And uh, Colin Blundstone. I love that guy, yeah. Just, man, they did a version of, of Old and Wise, you know, the Alan Parsons yes. song. And yes. it was just beautiful. And and um, Rod Argent had this, like, crappy, like, backline Kurzweil digital piano keyboard. And it was just a terrible instrument and i wish i would have known because i i had some awesome stuff he could have used and so he's playing old and wise on this just horrible bad digital piano mm. and man he made it sound like it was a hamburg steinway it just it's the old the old saying about it ain't the fiddle it's the fiddler yeah and um boy he man he was just he was fantastic so um oh anyway so uh so we did get to um, uh, meet the Moody's and uh, I was talking with John Lodge about um, the Every Good Boy Deserves Favor album, which is my favorite Moody Blues album, which might be strange. I know that's not yeah. the most popular one, but uh, he was really interested in that. And um, he said, uh, well, do you know the uh, the song Emily's song? Yeah. yeah. I said, of course. Of course I do. It's like, well, here's Emily. Yeah. <laughs> It's his daughter who is standing yeah. right next to him. She set up the whole interview thing for me. Yeah, she she runs all of his business side, I guess. And you know, I played that song on the show whenever I played the John Lodge interview. You know, I made yeah. a program out of it, and I I played Emily's song as a thank you for Emily for helping set it up. But yeah, that's that pretty great. cool. No, yeah, so, yeah, he's I, I I like them both a lot. So uh, does Lana go with you on these things or? Uh, yes, she does. She, uh, she went on that. Um, she's, uh, yeah, usually when, um, it's, you know, fun trip like that or, you know, anything within California, you know, she'll come out, um, you know, for doing like, uh, a three week European tour or something, then maybe she won't go on that. Cause, um, it sounds glamorous, but basically you see the inside of a tour bus and the inside of dressing rooms and venues and hotels. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, she won't go on those things, but uh, yeah, you know, when it when it works, she comes along. So, uh, and of course, when it's any kind of a any kind of a prog gig, like a, a festival or something like that, um, I try to get her on stage and, and sing a little bit. So, sure. So, what's she up to? Is she uh, guys working on any new music on that side, or um, we want to make a new Lana Lane album this year, and we've got a lot of good material um, in the works and we kind of put the word out to our collaborators um, in that world. And um, I know that the, uh, the record label uh, frontiers that, that we've worked with with Lana for a long time, um, they're really interested in, in getting another record from her. So I hope we'll do that. It's, it's like, uh, like everything. It's just a question of time. Because yeah, you're busy. I am, yeah, but uh, we're going to make it happen. It's it's uh, it's important. Her, you know, her last record came out in 2012, El Dorado Hotel, and um, good record too. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm really proud of that one. I think that's one of her best. So um, we've got some really good ideas for a new record and a real specific direction in mind um, that uh, I think is going to work out really well. And you know, it's it's funny with with Lana and the group of musicians we work with for her, with Mark McCright and uh, Don Schiff and everyone else, it's so easy because, you know, we've all worked together for so long and just our workflow is, it's kind of unspoken, you know, how you do this, then you do this and you do this. And um, this person has this role, this person has this role and uh, it's it's almost effortless. So the the difficulty is finding the time to do it. But once we actually get the wheels in motion, um, it's really uh, easy, fun, satisfying. Everything that music is supposed to be. Good. That's great. Yeah. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we continue on with more of my interview with Eric Norlander, let's listen to a couple of more songs. The first one here comes from the new Dukes of the Orient album, and it is called Fourth of July. Now 
4th of July by the Dukes of the Orient. In our first interview segment, Eric and I talked a little about his work with his wife, Lana Lane, and I figured we could work in a track from her latest album on this program. So this is A Dream Full of Fire from Lana's most recent studio album, The Excellent El Dorado Hotel, released in 2012. Thank you. 
That was A Dream Full of Fire by Eric's wife Lana Lane from her El Dorado Hotel album. Now let's listen to some more of my chat with Eric Norlander. Yeah, speaking of busy, you were uh, pretty busy also with uh, Last in Line. Last in Line. Yeah, he's making the, right. the, the horns, the Dio horn things, right? I have a gig with them, actually three gigs this weekend. Uh, I'm driving down to Los Angeles, and then there's a gig at the Whiskey a go-go on Friday. Then we're playing up here in Sacramento near my house on Saturday. And then in San Jose in the San Francisco Bay area on Sunday. Then I think after that, we're doing a couple of dates in Colorado, then out to like Ohio, Michigan, that area. Um, wow. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a, a lot of shows still on the books there. So. Um, awesome. I didn't get a chance to hear that. Would you send me something that I would pl- so I could play it on the show? I wouldn't mind playing sure. something like that on the show. Yeah. I could do that. Yeah, because I think it's um, pretty interesting. You know, for folks that don't know, it's uh, basically all Dio, right? Well, yeah, it's the it's the original. Well, it's the only surviving members <laughs> of the original Dio band. So it's it's Vivian Campbell on guitar and Vinnie Appice on drums, and it it was Jimmy Bain on bass, right? The, original bass player who was also in rainbow. Right. Um, but Jimmy died, uh, yeah. actually died about, uh, it wasn't uh, that long ago, eight hours before a show we were supposed to do. Wow. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, uh, obviously it's with a different singer, uh, a guy named Andrew Freeman, um, who I actually met through John Payne, uh, from Asia, uh, of all people. So, um, and of course, Vinny Apice and I have known each other for, gosh, probably going on 20 years now. Vinny's played on a couple of my albums, on a couple of Lana's albums. Um, and we worked together in a band called Big Noise uh, with Joe Lynn Turner um, on vocals. So we did a bunch of shows with that. That was, uh, what was that, 2009, 10, and 11, I guess. So a while back, but... Yeah, we all kind of stay in the same orbit, I suppose. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah, I'll play some if you want to send me something. I, I'll definitely yeah. put it on. Okay, great. So uh, we, we did hit on John Payne of Asia, and you have a yes. new project with him now. Yes, an, a new project. Air quotes. New project. Air quotes. Air quotes. So the band is called Dukes of the Orient. And uh, you might catch a subtle reference to the, the, the name Asia in that, Orient Asia. See what we did there? Okay. Um, so this is uh, an album of all original music that John and I wrote uh, between 2007 and 2017, a 10-year period. Um, hence the air quotes. Hence the air quotes. New <laughs> album. Right, new band. Hey, whatever, so, as long as it gets done, right? Uh, that's right. And I'm glad that it actually has gotten done because uh, we were sitting on this for a very, very long time. Um, John Payne uh, formed a band called Asia featuring John Payne after the original Asia band reunited uh, the original 1982 lineup. Right, because he was in Asia for a while there with John Jeff Payne Downs. Was, yeah. Yeah, he was in Asia for yeah. 15 years. Yeah. From, I think, 90, what was it, 91 to 2006, something like that. Um, so when 
when Jeff Downs reformed the original 1982 lineup with John Wetton, Steve Howe, and Carl Palmer, that kind of left John Payne with the band that was Asia <laughs> before that, which was uh, John Payne, Guthrie Govan on guitar, and Jay Shellen on drums. Um, and they had, of course, done the, the Silent Nation album. I mm -hmm. think that was actually Chris, Chris Slade on drums, but Guthrie on guitar. And then a live album um, called uh, Scandinavia or something like that. That ironically, that they recorded while they were on tour with Dio. So funny how the Dio Asia connection keeps coming up. But um, anyway, so John Payne, of course, wanted to continue with his version of the band, and they had a settlement with the original band or an agreement or I don't know what you call it, détente. Okay. <laughs> Where, where John Payne was going to tour as uh, Asia featuring John Payne. And so I was asked to join that band, uh, basically to replace Jeff Downs. And Jeff, of course, had the original lineup with the original guys. So originally the idea was that we were going to write and record an album. And so John Payne and I set about doing that. We wrote a bunch of songs, uh, recorded a bunch of things. Um, but then we actually started touring quite a bit. I think we probably played about a hundred shows, um, mostly in the U S and the recordings never really were, um, given the attention that they deserved. Um, we'd focus on them for a while and then, and then for whatever reason, um, the recordings would sit there. Then in, um, at the end of 2012, John started this show in Las Vegas called Raiding the Rock Vault, um, which is kind of a classic rock cover. I don't want to call it a variety show. That sounds cheesy. But <laughs> uh, all right, it's a show. It's it's a classic rock show in Las Vegas. How about that? Okay. So he got incredibly busy with that. And really, the band went on hiatus for a number of years, probably at least three years. Um, and then I kind of went back to doing, uh, you know what I always do. I made another solo album. Uh, we made two rocket scientists albums, uh, supernatural highways and refuel. Mm -hmm. which I'm really proud of. Great uh, albums. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And then, um, uh, I started as you, as we mentioned earlier at the end of, was he no the very beginning of 2016 I started working with last in line and um, touring with them and I think I've done I don't even know how many shows I've done with them now probably more than I did with with Asia featuring John Payne um, so about midway through 2016 um, uh, John Payne got back in touch with me and he said, look, um, I know I really kind of let this go. I'm sorry, you know, focusing on other things, but I really want to finish this album. Frontiers Records really wants to put it out. Um, they want us to get back together again and, and make this happen. Well, shortly thereafter, uh, John Wetton passed away. Mm -hmm. And um, we all thought, Myself, John Payne, and Frontiers Records thought, you know, if we put an album out now called Asia 
anything. It could be Asia, you know, Asia featuring Helen Shapiro, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anything with Asia in the name, it's going to come off as opportunistic yeah. and disrespectful and above all else, tacky. Yep. And, uh, you know, because we're all fans of John Wetton, and, and I, I knew John Wetton a little bit. I was able to see him for the last time at the UK show in San Francisco. John Wetton is a founding father of progressive rock. Absolutely. So we made the decision that if we're going, we're, we are indeed going to release this album, we, we can't use the name Asia. It would be one thing if there were two versions of Asia, one's in, in the U.S., one's in the U.K., fine, but not, not after John Wetton had passed away. Then it just it didn't feel right to any of us. So we said, let's come up with a new name. And so we did. We came up with Dukes of the Orient, which, again, has a, a slight nod uh, to the name Asia. But um, at the same time, I, I think it's, it's a lot cleaner now because you, you don't have to wonder, oh, gee, which Asia is that? Um, and when you ask the question, which Asia is that? Inevitably, you're going to favor the original band, I, I think, the original musicians. Um, that's just human nature. You know, who do you, who do you, if there, if there's two people competing for, you know, prestige with the same name, well, the original lineup, they, they sort of have like a birthright to it, I guess. Right. Sure. So, um, you know, we, I, I think that, that we had a legitimate right to use Asia featuring John Payne. I mean, there was obviously there was a legal agreement. Um, and when we did our gigs, no one was ever confused. No one was showing up expecting to see Steve Howe and Carl Palmer. Um, but uh, I think it, it worked out the way that, that it, it needed to in the end. And I think Dukes of the Orient is is a great way to just kind of clean the slate and clarify um, the whole thing. So I know... Uh, Jeff Downs had followed through with the Asia tour um, that they had booked where they did the dual bill of journey and um, you know, Billy Sherwood had stepped in at John Wetton's request um, to do that. And I don't know if, if they're going to continue with that um, or not, but if they do uh, certainly it's, there's no confusion now, you know, uh, Jeff Downs is is really the only one using the Asian name, and uh, we're the Dukes. So there you go. I'd love to see us do a a double bill. I mean, I I've only met Jeff Downs a couple of times, but I, you know I get along well with him every time I see him. And, uh, obviously, there's lots of keyboard stuff to talk about. Sure, sure. <laughs> get two guys like you together, right? Yeah. Don't go anywhere. Prague Watch will be right back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Nick Barrett from Pendragon, and you're listening to Prog Watch. (laughs) 
Before we finish up my chat with Eric, let's hear another Dukes of the Orient tune. This one is called Seasons Will Change.
That was Seasons Will Change from the new Dukes of the Orient album featuring Eric Norlander and John Payne. Now let's hear the rest of my interview with Eric. Yeah, we've got an eight-song eight album, and um, we've released two videos and singles already. Uh, the first one is called Strange Days, and the second song is called Seasons Will Change. Um, and uh, there's six more great songs on the record, so it'll be out uh, February 23rd, which is, uh, what's that, a week from Friday? Right. So uh, I encourage everyone to check it out. I think if you are a fan of, uh, you know, melodic progressive rock or progressive AOR or uh, whatever the heck you call the style of music that we're doing, um, I think you'll really like it. There's There's some really great moments on the record. I, I think as we describe it, it's, it's the perfect pairing of, um, you know, a Brit from London who grew up loving American AOR music and, uh, a guy from California who grew up listening to British Prague. <laughs> so, um, you know, John kind of brings the, the AOR melodic rock element, and I definitely bring the progressive rock element to it. So um, it certainly has uh, ties to the Asia music. I mean, obviously with John, that's that's part of who he is, so he can't get away from that even if he tries. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm not Jeff Downs. Uh, I have my own style and my own approach to writing and arranging and playing sound design. So um, I think the result is something pretty special. And I uh, hope everyone's really going to enjoy the record. I'm really proud of it. You should be. I, I liked it. And I think it was all about 30 seconds in, and there was like this classic synth sound. And I'm like, yep, yep that, there he is. There, he is. <laughs> there was right. no confusing it, you know. <laughs> Here's my card. <laughs> yeah I, you you may know i i do play a bit of your stuff on my shows you know from time to time yes. yeah i appreciate that well i i'm a big fan um so do you guys intend to tour or you know i mean is this do you think this will be an ongoing project and 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 then also then what what does that mean for like rocket scientists you know or haven't you thought that far ahead Let's start with the first question. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah. Uh, we do intend to tour. Um, this is the kind of band that really is a theater band. It, it's not the kind of band that will do well in bars. Um, and I'm not saying that for like the size of the venue. I mean, there's huge bars, of course. I mean, Last in Lion, for example, plays, you know, bars with a thousand people there or something. Um, but just the kind of music it is, it really is suited to like a, a sitting theater environment. Um, and so those are the kinds of dates that we want to play. Um, and not so much your, your regular rock club kind of place. So we're being very selective in, in, um, choosing what we do. And, um, and it's not out of arrogance. It's just out of practicality because, it's, you know, there's, there's a, a right kind of venue for a band and a wrong kind of venue for a band. Um, you know, you wouldn't necessarily want to hear like a, a band like Metallica, you know, in a, in a seated theater. Yeah. Um, you know, 
it's more of like a big kind of rock and arena kind of show, um, you know, and for, for Dukes of the Orient, it's the opposite. We really want to have, um, you know, kind of a more controlled, focused environment um, and also, um, you know, room to do the, the staging that we want to do. Um, obviously, uh, keep the keyboard rig is, is pretty big. Um, and, uh, you know, the drum, drum kit that this band will require is, you know, not your average, you know, four or five piece rock drum kit. So just those two pieces of gear alone are going to take up, uh, a significant portion of most stages. So, um, we're really trying to find, you know, the right venues and the right places and the right promoters to work with. Um, and we want, you know, the audience to really enjoy it and feel like, ah, uh, this is the right place to see this band. You know, um, I remember seeing, um, that, that UK show I mentioned at, um, I think it was called the Regent theater in San Francisco. I could be getting this wrong. Anyway, it was a beautiful theater. And, um, that was the perfect venue to see a band like that. You know, there's just a lot of drama in the music and dynamics and light and shade and all of that stuff. And, and a lot of that would get lost in a, in a bar or club environment. So, um, I, I think Eddie Jobson and the guys were pretty, um, wise in choosing the venues they played and we're trying to, to follow the same path with the Dukes. So there was a very long answer to a, a simple question that you asked. No, no. I mean, I, I find it fascinating that you, you know, I never really thought about it before. I, I thought maybe just venue was more of just, uh, you know, where, where can we play, you know, and, and more of like a business thing. But I mean, it's interesting to hear that, you know, you think about that in terms of what kind of music you're playing. It makes sense well, now that you said it, you know, but I never really thought about it. Yeah. And, you know, um, I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I turned 50 last year. So the idea of going out and playing anywhere when I was in my 20s was, was great. You know, back then, you know, we play on, uh, you know, play at bars or clubs or theaters or whatever. Uh, do support gigs, um, all of that. I just wanted to get out and play. Well, you know, I'm in a little different place in, in life now, and um, I just want to uh, be a little more choosy. And not, again, not out of arrogance, just just out of practicality. Um, it's it's you know not like I can go out and do uh, you know 200 shows a year um, at this point. So the gigs I, I do choose to do, I really want them to be great. And I want them to be great for the audience too. Um, you know, we both can think of great shows we've seen, you know, I, you, know you think of seeing, um, all right. I remember seeing Rick Wakeman at the Beverly theater in Los Angeles in 1986. I think it was, that was a great show. And what is it now? 30, Two years later, I still remember it. I remember like the the venue really well. I remember the stage. I remember the sound. Um, I want to put on shows like that where you know people are going to remember. Oh yeah, I saw Eric Norlander. I saw Dukes of the Orient. I saw Lana Lane. You know, at this venue, it was great. You know, not oh yeah, well they, they were good, but oh the sound was really bad, and oh someone you know barfed on my shoe and. <laughs> 
you know, uh, and there's a fist fight, you know. In the yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, let's let's try to create a nice experience for everybody. Yeah, I, I get it. I'm I'm getting too old for that crap too. <laughs> right. Especially when I'm in the audience, you know, I don't want to be yeah. with all these amateurs, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind whenever I roll into a gig and it's an older crowd and they're they're all around at my age, maybe with bringing a few of their kids along with them, you know, and yeah. uh, and it's a, you know, I don't know. I guess that's like you said it's you get to a point in your life, you know. Yeah. I don't want to go down and get and get in the mosh pit, you know. No. Um <laughs> So as far as how, how this affects other projects, uh, Rocket Scientist, my, you know, my solo band, um, Lana, um, et cetera, um, we'll have to see. Uh, I always keep the door open for, you know, new music. And um, the challenge is always you know, finding the time and the older you get, it's, it's harder to find the time because things just get more complicated uh, as you get older. Um, I don't know why they, it just, just does. Um, things like, I don't know, taking care of your, uh, the grounds around your house and your taxes and your stock portfolio and junk like that. It's like, you know, when we were yeah. kids, you go out and play music but now you know i gotta like look after getting my car tuned up and i don't know yeah it's <laughs> like we're grown up <laughs> we're grown up out, you know? well then you get into i mean well yeah I'm, I'm dealing with my my parents are getting old you know i don't know if your parents are still with you but you know that's it's it's rough i'll tell you what's going yeah. on right now is really rough my mom's not in good shape and uh yeah it's just it's draining I'm sorry to hear that. I, I lost my dad in, um, in April of 2016. And, um, that was, that was really rough. And in fact, my surreal album, my last solo album, I dedicated that to him. It was, that album was released, uh, two months after uh, he passed away. Sorry. So, um, yeah, so I can relate. And, um, yeah, you know, my mom is still having a tough time without him. And, um, Lana's father passed away a few years ago and, you know, she's been looking after her mom and you're right. That's another thing. It's like taking yep. care of our parents and, and all of that. That's, that's an important thing for sure. Yeah. Being there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah this whole uh, getting older thing is, I, I always say it's a, it's a trip of mind. Uh, I'd use an expletive here, but you know, I'm not, it's not, I don't run that kind of show, you know, it's a family show. <laughs> yes. It's a family show. So it's it a is, it's yeah. a mind fudge. We'll say that. Yeah, there, I I think you know I've talked about this with a lot of friends. I I think there's a there's a sweet spot in your twenties and thirties when you know you're everyone's healthy and your your parents are around. Maybe your grandparents are even still around. Mm -hmm. um, you know your career is is getting going and kind of everything's in front of you. You know it's it's all. Um, open possibilities and you get to a certain point, you know, in your forties, fifties, even sixties where, um, that changes and you start appreciating what you have a lot more and not being quite so blue sky about the future. I mean, we can still be 
optimistic and hopeful and still have dreams and aspirations. And, um, but I think we're a lot more practical, um, with age. The Reaper's so, getting closer every day. <laughs> Isn't this conversation taking a turn, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I play better now than I ever did. Uh, I've got, uh, let's see, I started playing piano when I was eight. So that's 42 years of being behind the keyboard. So that's pretty cool. Um, I know a lot more about recording, arranging, uh, the business side of music. So yeah. I feel like I'm at the top of my game right now. Yeah. Um, and you know, with the added perspective of being a grown up, as we talked about, yeah, I think it's, it's a great time and I, I'm happy to be where I am right now. Um, I just hope I can, uh, I can keep it going and, uh, you know, knock wood, stay healthy and, uh, focused and, That last part got cut off. You, you said healthy and focused, and then it froze. But you had <laughs> this look on your face like it was something really sublime that you just said. Ah. So, I'm <laughs> yeah, healthy, focused, and creative. Oh, okay. That that would have been pretty epic if I had said, "I hope I can stay healthy," and then drop dead of a heart attack. Oh. Come on, man. <laughs> well, luckily, Eric and I both survived the interview, and hopefully, we will both live to do many more. So we have time for about one more song before I sign off. So here is Give Another Reason, another new one from the Dukes of the Orient album.
Once again, that was Give Another Reason from the Dukes of the Orient album just released a few weeks ago. So I hope you enjoyed this little catch-up with our old friend Eric Norlander and a look at his new project and album with John Payne. It is a mighty fine record and I do implore you to check it out. When I post the show to my website, progwatch.com, I'll have links where you can find the Dukes of the Orient and more of Eric's other works. Remember that at progwatch.com you can also find links to contact me or follow me on social media and maybe support the show if you enjoy it and feel it has some value to you. I have some nice perks for those of you who do support Progwatch. Well, until next time, be good to each other, and prog on, my brothers and sisters. 